0: today answers matter more than ever before that's why ibm is helping businesses manage customer questions with watson assistant it's conversational ai designed to work for any industry let's put smart to work visit ibm.com slash watson assistant
1: now on sports center at six another night another fight tensions in the nba have players swinging how will the nba respond why out indefinitely when will he return lonzo ball out again why the lakers can't win without him and the future of the thunder big three plus tom brady has injury to his throwing hand what's the level of concern for the patriots as the afc championship game approaches here's michael smith and Jamel hill
2: That's right. We're back after a couple days away. Uh, Meanwhile, the drama in sports never seems to take a rest. The petty flu seems to be kind of contagious in the NBA lately, but it's not limited to throwing punches or going Andy Dufresne in secret NBA tunnels. Uh, Paul Pierce will join us shortly to discuss his controversy involving Isaiah Thomas. But let's start with the final four, as in the four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs. As we go around the league, we have team reports from all four teams in action on Championship Sunday as the practice week started up for the Patriots, Jaguars, Vikings, and Saints. But we begin with the Patriots. Saints are in, but that's okay. Oh, they did say the Saints. Gosh, thanks, Mike. Good catch. And the big nose there is that a little after 3 Eastern, the Patriots tweeted that Tom Brady would not be available to the media because he is with the medical staff. Hmm, Brady on the injury report. That's interesting. And with that, we welcome in Diana Russini. So, Diana, what is the latest on Tom Brady and the hand injury that he has?
3: Well, Jamal, let me take you through the day here in Foxborough. The Patriots practiced around 1230. You know, the media is allowed to watch about 15 minutes of that practice. And nobody saw or noticed anything. Cameramen caught all their video. They, they saw Brady out there. Then the press conferences started. Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, Rob Gronkowski, Bill Belichick, they all went through the routine of taking questions from the media. And then a team official came out and said Tom Brady will not be speaking today because he's been placed on the injury report. He was limited at practice with a right-hand injury so of course there was concern there and then that became the story of the day here but in terms of the concern inside the locker room and we had an opportunity to talk to more players about it it seemed that no one was that concerned because there was not a specific incident where something actually happened that according to some players in fact most just said "Mm, it's no big deal
2: All right. Well, we know the Patriots are known to pay a little fast and loose with the injury report. But uh, as you said, there doesn't seem to be a level of concern. So thanks a lot, uh, Diana, for joining us. We appreciate it. All right. Now, Tom Brady's absolutely dominated the Jags at home in his career going. Let's see. He's going five and oh, completed 76 percent of his passes and hasn't thrown a single interception in the five meetings. The 14 touchdowns without a pick are his second most at home against a single opponent trailing only the Steelers.
0: I'm gathering information on all relationships and things of that nature. Um, That's what this assessment is about. So I'm
4: not ready to state opinions about the nature of any of our relationships, whether I'm assessing it in terms of what transpired or what's going to transpire moving forward. So So that was Tuesday. Todd Haley's contract expired at season end, and today is season Six-season tenure as Pittsburgh's offensive coordinator came to an end. Excuse me. According to Chris Mortensen, Steelers quarterbacks coach Randy Fitchner is expected to be promoted to O.C. Mike Tomlin said in a statement that he made the decision not to renew Haley's contract. Steelers have ranked in the top three in offensive yards per game in each of the last four seasons and also have had a top ten scoring offense in all four seasons. The Steelers and Saints are the only teams in the NFL to rank in the top ten in yards per game and scoring in each of the last four seasons. Dan Graziano, Big Ben happy. He said as few changes as possible, so there's some (laughs) continuity if the QB coach gets the promotion.
5: There is, you know, and that that quarterback's coach, uh, Fickner, has been there since 07 when Tomlin got there. He and Mike Tomlin coached together at Arkansas State uh, in the late 90s. So there's a lot of familiarity there with uh, the the replacement, assuming that is who it ends up being, which we believe it is. Uh, Look, I mean, Haley... There's been talk about Haley and Big Ben relationship lately. There's been talk about Haley and Big Ben's relationship at the beginning of their time together. Um, you know, I, I think they've had a lot of success together. I think this got to the point where it was time to move on. Uh, Todd Haley probably will land somewhere else. I'm not sure it's 100% coincidental. The Jets just fired their offensive coordinator. Haley and Bowles, Todd Bowles have coached together, so it's easy to connect some dots there. But I think the time in Pittsburgh was, was, was good for everyone involved, but now it's time to kind of Move on.
2: All right. There's a lot of focus, obviously, on what the offense wasn't doing. And, of course, with uh, Todd Haley and his relationship with Big Ben, are this is that the only change we should expect to see or is this, you know, are there more on the horizon
5: for the Steelers? Mm -hmm. Well, their veteran wide receivers coach retired, but I think that was expected. He's been coaching 33 years. And I think uh, uh, but I think there was I was at that game on Sunday. And there was a lot of talk about keeping everything together because they, really they really felt like and still feel like it's a team that's right on the verge of something big. Right. Uh, so they'll have to deal with the Le'Veon Bell contract situation. Uh, they still may have to deal with uh, an unhappy Martavis Bryant, maybe find a trade for him. But I think, I think the Steelers' intention is to bring back largely the same group that just went 13-3 and and try and cash it in this time.
2: All right, thanks, David. Appreciate we you, appreciate you Thank joining you. us. All right. the Spurs announced today they are again shutting down Kawhi Leonard who missed the first 27 games of the season because of an injured right quadricep. The news of the shutdown comes after Leonard was just nine games into his comeback. The Spurs said Leonard will be out for a quote, indefinite period dealing with the quad injury because as Pop put it, the injured quad quote, hasn't responded the way we wanted it to. Now the Spurs have the hardest remaining schedule this season according to our Basketball Power Index, having played the fourth easiest to date. As for other contenders out west the Rockets are 13th in remaining schedule remaining strength of schedule rather while the Warriors have the second easiest Ramona Shelburne uh, can the Spurs even afford to factor <laughs> Kawhi Leonard into this season into their game plan uh, into their contention uh, against of course the Warriors given that he hasn't really been there most of this season
6: yeah, I mean, they they actually struggle when he's been out there so far because LaMarcus Aldridge has been playing like an all-star this season. I mean, his role in the offense has changed, and so when Kawhi is not there, LaMarcus is the very clear number one. They play the second slowest pace in the NBA, though, and I think the Spurs, if they're being honest with you, would tell you, okay, we can't count on Kawhi right now, but we also can't beat the Warriors without him, and we all saw how well they did when he was in there for the first three quarters of that game until he got hurt. And so it's kind of a catch 22, right? You can't beat the Warriors without him, but you may not even get a chance to play the Warriors if you if you don't have him yet. Yeah, I like to uh, think that the Spurs can figure out a way to work in arguably
2: the best two-way player in the game. All right, moving on to the now infamous locker room (laughs) breach. Uh, The NBA has been investigating this Mm. for the last couple of days. Of course, it occurred in the Rockets-Clippers yeah. game. Um, what's taking them so long? Because I figure Lenny Briscoe would have already had this case wrapped up.
6: hmm <laughs> Okay, so this is how this usually works, is the NBA takes as long as the team is, has until their next game. So the Rockets don't play until tomorrow night, so... I, I could see us getting something end of day today, early tomorrow, but they don't have any, in, they don't have any urgency to get a rolling in here until tomorrow because that's when any potential suspensions would take place. Um, my understanding though, is the player who probably faces the worst suspension here or the worst punishment or whatever that comes to is going to end up being Trevor Ariza. Um, I know they all went into the locker room, but it, from what I heard um, in terms of where the investigation is right now, seems like he played the leading role here. Yeah. Woj, well,
2: uh, reported that he is definitely a primary person of interest. Uh, thanks a lot, Ramona. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Now, good news for the Rockets, though. Uh, James Harden Thank is expected God. to return from a hamstring strain Thursday night against the Timberwolves, assuming, of course, there are no setbacks between now and game time. Harden, who has missed the past seven games with the injury, is listed as questionable. Now, during his absence, the Rockets have gone 4-3. and three. Now, uh, Alonzo Ball... That young man right there, he will not play tonight against the Thunder because of a knee injury. Now, whatever opinion you have, Alonzo, this season, uh, know that the Lakers are 0-7 when he hasn't played. On the flip side, though, uh, Brandon Ingram does return tonight. He missed Monday's loss to New Orleans with a sprained ankle. Jeff Van Gundy, always available. Uh, Thanks for joining us. You're on the call for tonight's game. Now, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski wrote that the Thunder hope a deep playoff run could convince Paul George to re-sign with the team in the offseason. Is a deep playoff run realistic for this Thunder team as they stand right now?
7: Well, I think it depends on who their matchup is. Right now they're in the fifth seed. they matched up with Minnesota in the first round I could see them winning that if they match up against a banged up Spurs team I could see them winning that as long as they're not matched up against the top two seeds certainly they can win a first round now after that for them to be either Houston or Golden State um would be a monumental upset so I I don't know what you think a deep run is but they can certainly win a first round series
2: now you just mentioned how banged up the Spurs were they of course announced today that Kawhi Leonard will be out indefinitely with his quadriceps injury now right now they're third in the west Uh, despite the fact that Kawhi has only played nine games this season is that success uh, is it sustainable uh, considering that Kawhi has been on the shelf and will be on the shelf for an undetermined amount of time
7: well, I think they're going to win. Uh, whether they can win big, I, I don't know. Certainly, what they've done without Kawhi so far this year has been remarkable. Uh, the that for them not to have one of the top five, ten players in the game, and for them to have the record they have and the third seed is remarkable, and it's it's a testament to their depth, to their players' professionalism, to great coaching, and also to their roster construction in that defensively, because they're so big and long, they are still a great, great defensive team. They're going to have to rely on everything to stay in the hunt. Why Kawhi Leonard men's
2: all right, before we let you out of here, uh, allow me to bring up some old stuff for a moment. You, of course, have been in the middle of a skirmish or two in the NBA. Of course, Monday night, that was, there was the infamous locker room breach uh, with the Rockets and Clippers. Last night, you had Aaron Afallo; He was ejected for taking a missed swing uh, against the Timberwolves. Now, is this just an issue of guys being cranky because we're almost at the all-star break, or is, are things kind of unusually contentious at this point in, in the season?
7: Well, I don't know. You know, like, last night that fight, uh, a swung. Uh, I'm not sure why Belizia was thrown out. All he did was grab him and protect himself. So I'm not really sure, you know, what the, how, how these fighting things are, um, sorted out. I'm interested to see what level of suspensions is taken against the locker room guys who, who went into the Clipper locker room. Um, but listen, this isn't, we don't have a fighting issue in the NBA. We have a fake fighting issue in the NBA. <laughs> Everybody wants to fake like they're uh, ready to brawl. What they should do for halftime, like at the next Clipper game, is Areza and Austin River should be put in a cage match with gloves. That should be the halftime. They should force these guys to fight.
2: Right, rather than doing the infamous hold me back, right?
7: Yeah, listen, I was in one of those where Oakley uh, thankfully held me back because I acted like I wanted a piece of mourning, and believe me, I'm not that crazy.
4: Uh, Jeff Darlington joins us from Jacksonville. Jeff, what are members of the Jags defense saying about their ability to stop Tom Brady or at least slow him down?
8: What's up, Mike? Yeah, actually, it's interesting you phrase it like that. I was talking to linebacker Miles Jack in the locker room, and he was basically saying, like, even if we don't necessarily sack him, we need to let him know every single play that we're there, that we were at least close so we can get him next time. At least try to get in his head as much as you can when it's Tom Brady. And it is interesting when we talk about the Jags' defense here because this is only the fourth time since 1990 in this current playoff format that a number one passer has gone up against a number one pass defense. So a great matchup matchup here. Calais Campbell, one of the team's leaders, clearly not overlooking this one. He knows everything you want to do. I mean, he
9: literally can call it out. Uh, you, you know, as soon as you call a play, you know, you line up. I mean, he knows exactly like, where he wants to go because he knows what you're in. You have to try to mix it up, but honestly, he's seen it all. You know, I mean, he's played against you know this this defense, you know, a few times, so he's familiar with it. The biggest thing, you know, to, for us to be successful is we have to harass him, just make him uncomfortable. You know, I mean, he's, you know, uh, obviously he's the best player to ever play this game for a reason. He's incredible with the way his footwork is and keeping his eyes downfield. You know, I mean, I don't even, he feels it. You know, he doesn't really see it. You know, and uh, you know when when I, when I study guys, it's like okay, you know, he's the best.
8: I found it interesting, actually, Campbell also saying that he spoke to Malik Jackson, who's on this team, and played against Brady in the AFC Championship in 2015 when he played for the Broncos, said he will pick his, game, uh, his mind all week to make sure that he knows exactly how they should get in the head of Brady, something that Jackson was capable of doing in 2015. So while we think of this Jags team as being inexperienced, there are some guys here who have been in this situation before. The Jaguars looking forward to this one, hoping that some of that experience will pay off.
4: All right, Sal Pal. what have you observed in Philly when it comes to Nick Foles' confidence as well as his teammates' confidence in him?
1: Well, Michael, four days ago, there was very little confidence in Nick Foles, maybe in the locker room, but definitely not outside the locker room. But the guy answered the bell, right? You know, he was accurate with the football. He protected the football. He got a W despite three really bad special teams errors at three that came in one game that you wouldn't want to have in one year. They fumbled, the running back fumbled on the first drive, and so the confidence level in Nick Foles is much much higher going into this particular game. And we talked to Nick Foles about this whole roller coaster ride, emotional roller coaster ride that he has been on and this team has been on. I want you to listen to his answer because it's really interesting.
0: I mean, it's been a crazy journey. Uh-oh. We're, we're blessed to be in this game. Uh, it's been a, a wild ride this season. We've had you know so many things go on, so many guys step up, so many injuries. The guys who are injured or have done an amazing job of staying around the building and being a huge part of the heartbeat of this team. And that's sort of the DNA here.
1: When you hear people around town say, come on, man, we, we, we can't win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, how, how do you react to that?
10: I mean, you don't react to it. You just let people on the outside be outsiders. I think they're out there for a reason. Because if they, if they were inside of this locker room, then they believe in the same thing that we believe in. Um, and, you know, that's a big distraction if we worry about what went on outside of this locker room. Then this team wouldn't be where we are right now.
1: Are there still doubts? A- absolutely there are still doubts. The Eagles are home dogs. After being the number one seed in the NFC, home field advantage, they got a dome team coming in in the Minnesota Vikings, right? And, and since 2000, dome teams in the championship game are 0-4. No dome team has come on the road and won in a championship game, and still the Vikings are the favorites in this game. Why? Because Carson Wentz is not rolling through that door, right, Michael? It's going to be Nick Foles. That's the difference.
4: All right, Sal Pal, speaking of Carson Wentz, as you may have seen, uh, the Sixers hooked my man up with a jersey. Prince Harry looking pretty good. (laughs) Says he needs to work on his jumper, trusting the process.
2: Alright, CSI locker room breach continues as the NBA is still investigating the Rockets post-game charge into the Clippers locker room following Monday night's game. Per Woe's Trevor Ariza has emerged as a primary person of interest and the potential instigator of the situation with all of this starting because Blake Griffin and Austin Rivers would be an extra in the Clippers 113-102 win over Houston. Some would say the real root of this is Chris Paul's icy relationship with Austin Rivers. Here's CP3 a little while ago. It's over, it's in the past.
4: You know. Y'all know. Y'all was in there.
11: Um, well, <laughs> Chris, if you, if, you, if you compare with me, Trevor didn't hear specifically. He said there's a lot of misinformation out there, which he concerns and could negatively affect whatever decision they make at the league. Also, what
1: are your thoughts about
11: misinformation? Everybody got
1: a job, but do we move
2: on. So. Okay, Paul Pierce, I love you truth, but, you know, you're a little teen petty too, so I know you'll you'll give us some insight (laughs) on this situation. You spent the last two seasons in the league with the Clippers alongside Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Based on what you saw as their teammate, are you surprised Mm -hmm. that this bad blood has spilled over into Monday night, that they've carried it this far?
9: I'm really not that surprised, but, you know, it had nothing to only do with Austin Rivers and Chris Paul. You know, I think when you look at that as a whole, Austin Rivers... He really aggravated a lot of people with his persona. I mean, but at the end of the day, that's just who he is. And you got to kind of accept him for who he is. Um, you know, not really well-liked around the league, but, you know, he doesn't care about that. And so I can kind of see how this escalated. When I look at the tape, you know, you see Austin jabbing off at Trevor Ariza. And, you know, things escalate, especially in this heated game where there was a lot of you know, little fouls and little altercations throughout. And so uh, I'm, very, I'm really not surprised how it escalated toward the end.
2: Now, these NBA scuffles that we've seen this week, is this just a sign guys are just tired and ready for the All Star break, or are things unusually contentious?
9: Well, um, I think it's just, uh, you know, sort of creating small little rivalries. I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, this happens when you don't get a call and things don't go your way and maybe the ref kind of lose control of the game. And, you know, players take it amongst themselves to say, hey, if the the refs aren't going to do anything about it, I will. And that's why you see a lot of these small kind of scuffles that's happening around the league. And, you know, there's something has to be worked out. You know, the players have to develop a better relationship with the refs and vice versa.
2: Yeah, we also, you know, I don't know if we can call it scuffles, being that it's not a whole lot of punches connecting. It's a lot of hold me back.
9: Um, (laughs) Yeah, this is the new generation fight. This and Twitter wars. Yeah.
2: All right, let's ask you about this other big NBA story. The Spurs announced earlier today that the injury play, Kawhi Leonard, will be out indefinitely as he recovers from a quadriceps injury that Mm -hmm. sidelined him for nearly two months. Earliest, earlier this season. A source told ESPN's Michael C. Wright that Leonard did not suffer a setback in his recovery. He still hasn't recovered to the point where he actually feels 100% despite right. the team's conservative approach. How big of a blow is this for the Spurs who have, in fairness, played well without him?
9: Well, it's a huge blow when you consider that Kawhi was considered a, a MVP candidate for this ball club. And I'm a little concerned because this is an injury he sat out so many months for You know, all summer and some of the regular season, not sure if he has surgery on it, but this is the same thing that's aggravating him. And it makes you wonder, is he eventually going to need surgery? So this can turn into a huge deal.
2: All right. Now, Paul, let's get to you and your situation. Now, you made it clear that mm-hmm. you did not want to share your re- jersey retirement ceremony with Isaiah Thomas. Uh, your former teammate, uh, Rajon Rondo, he just came off the top rope talking about the whole situation. He said, what What has he done? Talking about Isaiah Thomas. Um, he said, oh, that's what we celebrate now when he told this was about, you know, celebrating, obviously, getting to the East Finals. Uh, this is the Boston Celtics. This isn't the Phoenix Suns. Uh, You had a chance to speak uh, Mm. to Danny Ainge about all of this conflict. Um, How was that conversation? Give us some insight into how this decision Uh, was made.
9: We had had a good conversation. We talked about it. And, you know, those comments by Rondo just goes to show you, you know, we all stick together. I mean, you know, it's nothing against Isaiah. Obviously, what he was able to do for the Boston Celtics was great. But, uh, you know, I think in a way, Rondo is right. You know, when you look at the Boston Celtics history and the great players that's been through there, hung championships, you know, broke a lot of records. I'm not saying that IT does not deserve. Of course, in the time we are now, a lot of people get their, you know, ceremonial tribute video, and it's only right he'll get it. But, you know, he'll be in the league a little while. He'll, ha- he'll have an opportunity, and uh, but this is definitely nothing against Isaiah Thomas on my end.
2: Now, you did say, though, that you felt like Part of the reason he was getting the video tribute is because of guilt, because the fact that they traded him. Uh, Are you still standing by that?
9: Well, I mean, I thought he had an opportunity the first time he was there in Cleveland, with Cleveland, uh, when they went the first trip and played that first game. He didn't play, but he showed up in the building. You know, he had a chance to get a standing ovation. I thought that was a great opportunity to do a tribute video. Obviously, they postponed it, and it ended up being on the night where my jersey was going to get retired and i was just like it, it kind of was there was a conflict and you know that's just something that you know wasn't done right by the celtics or isaiah you know hopefully you know they'll come to a resolve but you know it just sometimes that's the way things happen
2: all right thanks a lot paul for joining us
9: and you don't want none of me and rondo in space either <laughs> look
2: don't Look, we'll be here all day if we bring up how y'all cheat. So I'm not shocked that y'all are sticking together, given how y'all cheat and stick together on the space table. So
9: see you soon. Right. Nice talking to you, Mel.
4: Sunday after Jacksonville shocked the Steelers, Jags corner Jalen Ramsey colorfully called his shot, saying the Jags were going to and winning the Super Bowl. Call him confident, call him cocky, but whatever you do, make sure you call him one of the best corners in the league. Or as New England's Matthew Slater put it, quote, The good Lord made that guy, and he said, let there be corner, and there he is. I'd be confident if I were him as well. Already a first-team All-Pro in his second season, Jalen Ramsey is never shy about calling it as he sees it. Darren Woodson talked to Ramsey about walking it like he talks it. This is ESPN with Jalen Ramsey. Scene one, take one, Mark.
10: Okay, first thing that comes to mind when you see this corny, it was like a corny funny, you know what I'm saying? They created with their celebrations this year. But, yeah, corny was the first thing I thought. He
1: was picked off by
10: Jalen Ramsey. He's a physical corner who can suffocate any receiver. Deion Sanders has talked about how great a football player you are. Deion was one of the greatest trash talkers ever that played the game. I got one thing to say. This is my house. <laughs> and I played with him. He would tell the receivers, you're about to meet Houdini because you're going to do a disappearing act. What's some of the things you say? You know, I try to get a little clever with it every now and then. Uh I sometimes use quotes, like, from people. So, like, every now and then I might use a Dion quote. You know, I, one of my favorite ones I use is, like, Muhammad Ali. Like, hey, if you dream about catching this ball on me, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> like, I go out there with a little swag. Sometimes I just go out there and just, I let the receiver know every play. Hey, this is going to be a long game for you. Like, you're trash compared to me. I'll call out their route, just to let them know, like, hey, look, I'm on my game today, so it's going to be tough on you. We'll go right back at it. Soft. (laughs) Charming soft.
8: Now we've
1: got a fight
11: after the play. It's been getting feisty between Ramsey and A.J. Green, and tempers just exploded at the end of that play.
9: Jalen Ramsey was in the
7: head of A.J. Green. Oh, my gosh. Completely shutting him down and was chirping at him the whole time.
10: I want to know what you said to A.J. Green.
7: We know who A.J.
10: Green is. He's a confident, quiet guy. He's never been outside of himself. What did you say to A.J. Green? I told him he was soft. I just kept telling him, you soft, you soft. And then I kept calling out his stats. He was kind of saying a little something back. And uh, once he started saying something back, I'm like, AJ talking all right? I was like, you know, but it's speed into my game. And then uh, he caught one pass on me for like six yards. And then after he caught that, I was like, but now you only got one for six. And I just kept saying it over and over and over again. I was like, you yeah, got one for six, one for six, one for six. You only got one for six. You soft today, like you weak today. And he just got, you know, he got fed up and that was it. First thing that comes to mind when you see this, ooh, most <laughs> something I'm trying not to get happen to me in any game. I ain't trying to get most ever in a game. I don't even like looking at this picture because <laughs> I've been most before and it ain't. It's not fun, man. Yeah, man. One of the greatest to ever played the game. One of man. the greatest to ever played the game, easily. Yeah. If I could go back in time, or if he could, you know, be younger right now, I wish I. Hey, I would love that matchup.
4: I'm not gonna yeah. lie to you. Yeah dream for matchups like that. I'm saying, why shut up when you're shutting everybody down? The Jaguars' pass defense is the best in the NFL this season by practically any measure. As for Sunday, it certainly helps in facing a Tom Brady that despite blitzing at the lowest rate this season at 18%, Jags generated pressure 33% of the time, the second highest rate in the NFL.
2: All right, we know now the discipline outcome for this Rockets-Clippers skirmish. Uh, The NBA is suspending Trevor Ariza and Gerald Green, two games each for aggressively entering the locker room after this verbal altercation that occurred on the court in the game. There will be no penalties for Chris Paul and James Harton, who also were part of the post-game melee, as this was first reported by our own Adrian wardron Rowski. Now, very interesting to note that Saturday is an ABC game between the Rockets and Warriors. No conspiracy wage, but...
4: <laughs> that sounds like a conspiracy theory. Woj is kind enough to uh, jump on the phone with us as he heads to NBA yeah, Countdown, which follows go. us uh, here on Sports Center. So Woj, as Jamel mentioned, no discipline for CP3 and, and James Harden and Blake Griffin. Um, what went into this disciplinary process? I understand you just talked to Kiki Vandeweghe not long ago?
11: Uh, I, I did, guys. And, and talking to Kiki uh from the league office, uh, they did interviews with over... Uh, 20 people involved in this, from players, team officials, security, uh, and came away with an assessment that um, Chris Paul and James Harden had acted as peacemakers. Um, that their verbiage around, um, you know, this uh, around excuse me, Ariza and Green going into the locker room was about trying to slow them down, uh, get get those two out. But the two game suspension for Green and Ariza. Uh, was centered around them aggressively entering the Clipper locker room, uh, looking for a verbal, at the very least, a verbal uh, uh, altercation with uh, Austin Rivers. And, and essentially the league decided it is, you know, as Vandaway said, it's unacceptable. You, it's a danger, it's a potentially dangerous situation uh, to have a player go right from the court into another team's locker room. Uh, there's also no penalties for the Clippers' Blake Griffin. Uh, the league did look at his bump or uh, his brush with Mike D'Antoni during the game and, and concluded that uh, D'Antoni, uh, you know, that, that it wasn't intentional, uh, that D'Antoni, um, you know, certainly the heat of an intensely uh, contested game, and they gave, you know, no penalties beyond um, Areza and Gerald Green, who get the two-game suspension now.
4: All right, Woods, well, we appreciate it. Get back on the phone, and I'm sure you guys will dive much deeper into this coming up on uh, NBA Countdown. Thank you. Thanks, guys.
7: I know this is, this is what all you guys uh, predicted back in the day was a Foles versus Keenum NFC Championship. So good job to all you guys that, that predicted that.
2: Courtney Cronin joins us from Minnesota, where it looks practically balmy, at least for this time of year. Uh, Courtney, how are the Vikings using Sunday's Miracle Win to help get them ready for the NFC Championship in Philadelphia?
12: Hey, Jamal, the Vikings returned to practice on Wednesday, fully understanding that the Minneapolis Miracle doesn't put any points on the board in Philadelphia. But while they've moved on from talking about the details of the moment, that doesn't mean that that play still doesn't hold significance as an important lesson these players can carry into the NFC Championship. Stephon Diggs' 61-yard walk-off touchdown gave the Vikings a sort of near-death playoff experience. And surviving that is a strong reminder of the fine line between victory and defeat, and how the game isn't over until it's really over.
6: If you didn't believe before and you didn't have confidence before that you know anything can happen if you go out there for four quarters and, and play 60 minutes, um, that should invigorate it in this team.
7: I learned from every experience that I'm in, and I definitely learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from... Uh, you know, from the emotions I felt to how I, you know, handled it to how I prepared, and something that I applied this week, and I'm continuing to apply uh, to, uh, you know, to this to this next game.
12: The Vikings' attention to detail in preparation for the Eagles extends to the micro level, all the way down to the blades of grass at Lincoln Financial Field. Today, Mike Zimmer showed his team a video compilation of Falcons receivers having traction issues there last Saturday, most notably the final play of the game, where Julio Jones slipped in the end zone, disrupting his timing with Matt Ryan. Minnesota plays on natural grass in Chicago and in Green Bay, but will be paying particularly close attention to the field conditions pregame, so that the play Service at the link doesn't become a storyline again on Sunday. Jamelle, all right. The blades of grass. As a writer, I appreciate that detail. That is telling, not showing.
2: For those watching at home, thank you, Courtney. All right. File this under hashtag He Old. Uh, Tom Brady has more playoff experience than the other three remaining quarterbacks in this postseason. But it may surprise you also that he's thrown for over eight thousand more yards than the three of them combined, and has sixty-one more playoff touchdown passes than Blake Bortles, Case Keenum. And Nick Foles. And joining us now, looking past her anniversary sharp, <laughs> Damian Woody. Uh, not today, Tom Brady was listed as a limited participant with a right-hand injury on the Patriots injury report. Is this just the Patriots being the Patriots, or is there any level of concern here?
0: No, I think this is just Patriots being the Patriots. We've seen this. How many times have we seen this where Tom, you know, mysteriously comes on the injury, you know, the injury report, and people are like, oh, is something wrong with Tom? And then he goes out there and lights people up for four touchdowns or whatever. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't make too much of this. I think, if anything, we've got to wait till game action and see if, it re- if this is something that's really affecting him.
2: Yeah, now as it is, uh, as I mentioned the stats about how he's not only more older but clearly more accomplished than the rest of the quarterbacks in the field. So taking Brady out of this, right, which quarterback are you most confident in On Sunday,
0: no. Case Keenum. Mm -hmm. Case Keenum right now has been like the dark horse MVP. Really, he really has. I mean, the guys. He's only thrown seven interceptions, so he's playing the type of ball that Mike Zimmer wants, a defensive-minded coach wants him to play. And obviously, he's going over and beyond that because he's a playmaker at the quarterback position, not only with his arms but with his legs. And they're primed to they're primed to get that Super Bowl. Get that Super Bowl in Minneapolis, so he, he's a he's a real good feel, feel good story for the
4: Minnesota Vikings. You can see Case Keenum getting one of, one of
0: these, right? It, it's possible he, he's yeah. balling he's balling at the quarterback position. Yeah, yeah, he's good. yeah. I, oh, oh,
4: you like that? Okay, you like that?
0: Is it official though?
4: You like that? I mean, you're not the only my, one with championship my, DNA okay, on this, it, mine on this is pretty show. Pretty official
0: though. Only thing I, I got to do I got to clean
4: mine up a little bit yeah. though it's a little dusty you're not the only two-time champion are you you a two-time champion I'm the same. were you a quarterback I know, I know i know what it's like to build a, a championship team. I, you was kind of it's like to build a champion you was blinging
0: harder than mine a little, little bit a little bit
4: yeah, yeah, little yeah. Bit. did you just get same it clean thing. like would you like to hold it and see what it's like to to be a, to win a championship you know, I, oh
0: she, so she's not a champion <laughs> um, well,
4: this is champion. another way it's another arena I,
2: I can't relate yeah I, did you ask him what he was a championship for uh, what that championship is
0: for High school? Is it? I mean... <laughs> that's, <laughs> yo, no. that's kind.
4: That's that, that, that's kind. Would actually,
0: it's, it's, that would actually be go ahead, tell them, better.
4: Mike. Fantasy, two-time two,
0: champion. Two-time, two-time champion. Same, word, thing. same thing. Same thing. Yeah, he's same a, thing. He's look a look dog it. in that fantasy room. Same I Same thing.
2: That. Yep. Way to way to
0: yeah. be great at imaginary right, football. On. Let's, let's appreciate just move that.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, one final, one only. Is it a
4: countdown? If you only got one?
2: Yeah.
7: Okay.
2: This is the best one. Right. So. We go with quality over quantity. So Argentinian side clubs for TiVo Dot <laughs> put their goalkeepers through, say a a very rigorous.
4: You can dodge session. a wrench, you can dodge a ball type thing. <laughs> See? Mm.
2: You get it, yeah. right? Um not sure why one needs to be upside down, but hey, whatever gets them we'll going. Right <laughs> I they, can't do any of that, so I'm not champions? here to
10: judge.
4: Like somebody on this set? Uh, tonight at 1 a.m. Eastern with Stan and Neil. They highlight Warriors, Bulls, and Nova Georgetown. Plus, in case you missed it, you'll hear from Blake Bortles. Nick Foles and Case Keenum and more on Tom Brady's hand injury that limited him in practice today. Before we call it a day, tell the people who had a good day, you know.
2: To all the people who don't know, or at least act like they don't know, uh, Colin Kaepernick, remember he init- initially pledged a million dollars to yep. various social justice causes where he's down to the final 100000 And he's got a very unique idea. He's going to make it a 10-day initiative in which he'll donate $10,000 to an organization that a celebrity will match Kevin Durant. I was just about to say. He is one who has stepped up to the call. So congratulations to Colin for getting that million.
4: Speaking of donations, salute to Vikings fans for continuing the best trend in sports. They donated seventy thousand and counting to Saints Punter Thomas Morestead's foundation in recognition of him kicking through torn rib cartilage Sunday and returning to the field for the Vikings to take a knee after that miracle touchdown. Morestead has given the money to the Children's Minnesota Child Life Program and says if donations reach a hundred thousand, he'll go back to Minneapolis Super Bowl week for a check presentation. Wow. This after Steelers fans donated to Blake Bortles Foundation for knocking out the Steelers. Bills fans to care Andy Dalton and fantasy fans. But Todd Curley. That's it for the six countdowns next, leading you into Thunder Lakers at AC.